Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the week. We're talking about three of the top Eagles draft picks today as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 332. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with a couple of college football head coaches. First, we're going to talk with Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach at the University of Texas. And look, he just got there back in January. Before that, he spent a couple of years over with the Alabama Crimson Tide, where he knows each of the Eagles' first two draft choices here in the 2021 NFL Draft. Devontae Smith, the wide receiver, Landon Dickerson at center. We're going to talk with Coach Sarkeesian about both players and what they meant to his record-setting offense with the Crimson Tide. Afterwards, we're going to catch up with Louisiana Tech head coach Skip Holtz. We're going to talk about Milton Williams, the defensive tackle who the Eagles selected in the third round of the draft. Really great insight from both coaches, and I wanted to squeeze them both here into this podcast. Before we get there, though, just a couple of things I want to make sure we hit on. First up, I'm going to ask you guys once again, head on over to Apple Podcasts, throw us your support with a rating and a comment. If you've got a question, we will answer it. All you got to do, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave your question right in the comment box, leave it with a rating, and we'll get to it here in a coming episode. Also, we're going to continue our reaction Reactions to the 2021 NFL Draft over on the Journey to the Draft podcast. So uh, last week, I got my thoughts from uh, Dane Brugler and from Ben Fennell, obviously, Brandon Thorne talking about Landon Dickerson. This week, not only we're we going to start looking out at uh, some of the other teams uh, across the NFL and how they did in the NFL Draft, but also we're going to start our Journey episodes where we're going to go back and get all of our analysis, all of our insight on these players before they became Eagles, which is a lot of fun. It's some of my favorite episodes to do each and every year there on the show. We're going to be doing that all over on the Journey to the Draft podcast. You can find that wherever podcasts can be found. All right, let's get this show rolling here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. It's now to start our chats with both Steve Sarkeesian and Skip Holtz in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Well, joining us one-on-one, Louisiana Tech head coach Skip Holtz. Coach, thanks so much for joining us here. I appreciate you having me today. Excited to be here. So we're going to talk about uh, Milton Williams, the Eagles' third-round pick, a guy that you know very, very well. And we're going to get into uh, what Milton brings on the field, what he brings off the field as well. Uh, I guess the one big question I have for you, before we dive into the background a little bit, uh, we've yep. talked about how Milton was a defensive end when he first got there and then slid inside to tackle this year. Can you just go into the, the reasoning behind that? What, what were the circumstances that led to that position switch for him? Well, when he came in here as a freshman in 2017, he was a 230-pound defensive end, uh, and now he weighs 290 pounds. I mean, so just in sheer, when you look at what he's done to his body and the progress and the growth that he's made over his time here in college, uh, it was just it was a natural progression. It was one of need that we had and also one that is his body continued to mature and get bigger. But even as he got bigger by evidence, by all his testing numbers, uh, he's a guy that could play both for us. So he, he played some defensive end in the three, four, but he also went inside and played some three technique uh, in the four down in the four down package because of his size. But it was a little bit of what we had in uh, our need as a team and also the way that Milton had developed, progressed and the way that his body just uh, matured when you start getting into a 
college program and you start getting on training table and lifting weights year round, you're no longer playing basketball and running track and doing all those other things. And his body has just really responded as evidenced by his numbers. So let's dig into the recruiting process with Milton. What was it like uh, when you were trying to recruit him and bring him onto campus? And uh, what, what was, who was the kind of person uh, that you were trying to acquire? Well, we, we always talk about you're looking for the package. You know, there's a lot of times you can just say, all right, we're looking for a football player. And you can look at all Milton's measurables, and that's who he is on the field. But we want the package. We want the student. We want the person. Uh, the biggest thing that comes from Milton, huge family guy tight-knit family, very close when he was here in college. He lived with his sister, uh, big family guy. He's not a big partier, socialite, go-out guy. Uh, he's really kind of a, a homebody. And so he was – I loved the recruiting process and how tight he was to his family and the values that he had from that family. Uh, he's just got a great core surrounding around him. Uh, love that. Milton, as a 230-pound defensive end, was not – really highly recruited. When you go back and look at uh, who we competed against, it wasn't a lot of Power 5 schools. I mean, it was a lot of schools maybe in the group. I remember us, Tulsa, maybe New Mexico State. There was a, uh, a couple smaller schools, and so was really excited. He's from Crowley, just south of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, but like I said, great, great talent on the football field. And when you looked at what he could become, I thought he was one of the steals of the recruiting class for sure. And then once you, you get him on campus, he's with your program for a couple of years. Uh, what kind of impact did he have on that locker room, on that meeting room uh, with the guys in that defensive line squad as well? Well, we talked earlier about the package. And when you look at Milton, it was. It was, yes, he's a great player, but he's a great leader. He's not a very vocal guy. He's not a rah-rah locker room rally the troops. Uh, but yet was voted a team captain because of the respect that everybody had for him. Milton came in, he waited his turn, he didn't come in, he wasn't a, an immediate superstar, you know, when you put it on as the guy that came in and wasn't a freshman All-American, didn't start as a freshman. We had some pretty good players when you started looking at guys like Vernon Butler and Jalen Ferguson and some other guys that have gone on to the league. But he waited his turn. He, he got in the weight room with Kurt Hester, our strength coach. He worked incredibly hard. Uh, he's one of those guys that he comes early, he stays late, he's a no-nonsense guy, uh, as evidenced by what he's done to his body here over the last four years while he was in college. But uh, had an opportunity to come back for his senior year, but he left after his junior year. He had another year of eligibility to come back. Uh, but when you look at the progress that he made and the contribution he made here at Louisiana Tech, I am ecstatic for him. Uh, hated the news that he was going to go out. That was his decision. But now I am Milton Williams' biggest cheerleader. Not a lot I can do now, but uh, to watch him go and succeed. But like I said, I think what the Eagles get and what the fans get, they're going to find uh, a hardworking, committed family guy that's going to bring a lot of value uh, to the locker room, as you talked about. He's a pro. He handles his business. He's not a guy that you have to – he's never been in my office for any disciplinary issues, anything off the field, uh, takes care of his business academically. He's a pro that just he takes care of his business. And so uh, love him, and I'm cheering my tail off for him. And I think the Beagle fans are going to have a lot of fun watching him wreak havoc from that defensive line spot. 
Coach, we, we've been talking a few minutes about him, and outside of talking about the position, the, uh, position switch and, and how he's changed his body, we haven't talked about him on the field. What are some of the things that he brings to the table? Give us a little bit of a scouting report, because uh, i got to tell you, when I, I didn't know much about him before I turned the film on back in January, yeah. and I was blown away by what I saw. No, just athletic. Athletic, explosive, fast, strong, uh, angry. <laughs> I mean, you know what? That's, that's the mindset that you have to play this game with. And he brings some incredible physical attributes. Like I said, if you put his numbers up against everybody in the draft, uh, I think that's one of the reasons that he climbed the way that he did. He's mm -hmm. got great film. He had a great year for us. As I said, he was voted a captain, had a great season for us. When you look at uh, a time when so many guys were opting out or said, I don't want to get hurt, uh, Milton was in the middle of those trenches playing every down. I mean, standing with his teammates, competing his tail off with them. Uh, those are the things I love about him. He's very unselfish, but as a football player, he's going to continue to get better. As a guy that came in as a defensive end, then moved to D-tackle and got bigger, and then he left early, He's. I think his football's ahead of him. Mm. I think he's still got a lot of growth and development. He's going to continue to get better fundamentally because he is a guy that's going to come in. He's going to work at it. He's going to watch film. He's going to look at where I need to where I need to get better. But he uses his hands great. He's got explosive speed and power coming out of that defensive line position, and he plays the game with a with a passion, with an anger, and with a passion. Uh, and I think he's only going to get better and better. So. I'm really excited for Milton and his family, but like I said, really excited for the Eagles because I think you've got I think you've got a gem that has an opportunity to have some staying power in the NFL and be a long-term player in that league. Uh, Coach, you mentioned that you know he had played like some three-four defensive end, played some defensive tackle. I think fans they're quick to think, oh, you know, he's an undersized three technique. He's he's just trying to get after the quarterback. But you watch him, and you talked about how well he uses his hands. You could see that explosive power, uh, the knockback he gets on offensive linemen, how violent he can be uh, with his hands. This is not just a, a one-trick pony kind of player. You, you talked about how well-rounded his skill set is. Yeah, he's not the – I don't think he's going to be just a role player. You yeah. know, I don't think he's just a 285 to 290-pound potential three technique that's only going to play in passing situations. Uh, I think he can wreak havoc as a defensive end with his quickness and his, I mean as a three technique with his explosiveness and his power mm. in the pass rush game. But as you said, he plays the game much bigger than he is. Even though he's only 290 pounds, he plays the game. He does such a great job of using his hands and using, utilizing his leverage, his speed, his quickness, his athleticism. But he plays the game extremely physical. I don't think if somebody's going to line up and run the ball every single down in the NFL, you look at these 320-pound defense alignment, uh, I don't know if he's going to be that on every single play, but he's certainly strong enough. He's explosive enough to be a great pass rusher, but I think he's big and physical enough to be able to be a guy that can be in there and hold his own against the run as well. Well, Coach, thanks so much for peeling back the curtain a little bit, shedding some light on Milton Williams, both on and off the field. Eagles fans, really excited to have him here in Philadelphia. Stay safe, stay healthy. Best of luck the rest of the spring and going into the fall. Well, I appreciate it. you got a great player, but more importantly, you got a great person there in Philadelphia. And like I said, cheer my tail off. Go Eagles. Excited for you all. Compassionate and trusted care. Clinical expertise. It's the cornerstone of NovaCare Rehabilitation and why they're the leading provider of physical therapy throughout the Delaware Valley. Don't let aches and pains or any injury slow you down. Schedule an appointment today at NovaCare.com. The Philadelphia Eagles choose NovaCare. So can you. NovaCare, the power of physical therapy. 
Well, excited to be joined here with University of Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Coach, thanks so much for joining us here. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So I want to talk about a couple of players that, that you worked with, with uh, Devontae Smith and with Landon Dickerson, the Eagles' first two selections here in the 2021 NFL Draft. I, I guess before we get into them on the field, let's first talk about them off the field. What, what do both guys kind of bring to the table, bring to the locker room? Because it seems to me that they both have a kind of similar core philosophy in terms of the way they go about their business. Well, I think the, the, the baseline is they are very similar. How they get there, I think they're very different. I think both these guys are unbelievable leaders. Um, you know, I think they have a great deal of respect from their teammates. They go about their business uh, in a workmanlike manner. Uh, you know, Devontae is, is a very serious guy, and he, he's very serious kind of all of the time, not nearly as outspoken, but when he speaks, guys listen. Uh, Landon, Landon's a lot more kind of fun loving, a lot more charismatic, a lot more, uh, jubile. Um, but in the end is very serious about what he wants to get done too. But I think in their own way, um, uh, both very serious about the craft, um, both tremendous leaders, uh, both put in the work. They want to be right come game day. Um, but like I said, how they get there is a little bit different. And then, Coach, with, with Devontae, we'll kind of focus on him first. Obviously, uh, just a, a legendary season uh, this past season uh, for you guys over at Alabama. At what point did you realize that this had to be the, the potential to be, I mean, you know, an all-time season for an individual at wide receiver? You know, I don't know if there was one point, quite frankly. Um, Smitty, as I refer to him, had uh, – he was really steady Eddie for me for two straight years. Uh, probably the biggest game that jumped out to me was his junior year. We were playing Old Miss at home. Uh, was just a monster game of touchdown catches and yardage. Um, and then when we got into his senior year, I mean, you almost took for granted 135, 140 yards and, and a touchdown or two in the game. I was like, ho-hum. Um, I, I think probably the game that stood out the most this year was going back to LSU. Uh, and him being home in front of his family, uh, just a, a few spectacular plays in the first half. Obviously, the one-handed catch right there in the in the back of the end zone, uh, in front of his in front of his dad standing literally right there in the stands. I thought it was a very cool moment for him. Um, but you know, just a tremendous year, and the consistency was just incredible that he brought week in and week out. Coach, one thing that stands out to me watching your offense's function is just he's always on the move and everything, just creating opportunities for him uh, to create those yards after catch. I feel like that will be this case here in Philadelphia, talking with Coach Nick Sirianni and the way that they want to function, uh, but watching whether it was those quick inbreakers, those glance routes, just getting him the ball on the move, and then you just see him be such a long strider in space. What were some of the things that you guys talked about as a staff to try and create those opportunities for him? Well, you know, early on, you know, we're a big motion offense, I think, in general. And when we had he and Waddle kind of going at the same time, it was kind of – we had a really pretty good two-headed monster. When Waddle went out, um, we really recognized, okay, everyone's got to stop number six. You know, they, and, you know, I kind of just reverted a little bit back to my time in Atlanta when I had Julio Jones, knowing double coverage was going to come. How do you keep trying to find ways to help get this guy open? Uh, force miscommunication amongst the defense and then, you know, provide opportunities for explosive plays. Uh, and Smitty bought into it. You know, he, he really embraced it. He went for it. He knew the game plan inside and out. He knew where we wanted him and why we wanted him there. And then he knew the complimentary plays off of the plays that we had kind of in our openers. 
Um, and so his understanding of the plan was great. His preparation was tremendous. Um, and then ultimately, you know, his playmaking ability. I mean, he comes down to ultimately we're in a production based business. You have to make your plays when your number's called. Uh, and he did it at a high level. He's a guy that, I mean, the ball is never on the ground with him. It, it, was that always the case? I mean, I, I know you weren't necessarily there um, with him when he first arrived on campus, but, like, uh, was that always the case with him when you had him in Alabama? Since I got there, uh, he's got elite hands. He's got a huge catch radius. He's got really long arms. He's got tremendous body control when the ball's in the air. Um, but he is that guy at the end of every practice is on the jugs machine. Uh, he puts in the work. Uh, he does not take it for granted. He puts in the work, and I think that's a that's a sign of a, of a high level competitor uh, and high level performer. And then the other big thing with watching you guys offensively is we, we, you know Mac Jones putting all the big numbers, uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. The run game you always have to kind of worry about with you guys. And obviously, the offensive line was always outstanding, um, and Landon Dickerson uh, working at the pivot there at center. Uh, how important was it to have that kind of anchor there in the middle of the offensive line? Well, it's huge. You know, it's like anything with us, when you're playing center, I think leadership is critical. And Landon provided a great deal of leadership for us, especially as a transfer uh, coming in from Florida State, getting acclimated to, to our organization. Um, I think he, he stepped right in and, and earned instant respect with his, with his focus, his preparation, his attention to detail, but yet also his leadership. Yeah. You know, I think one thing that, that Landon provides in-game uh, he's a big, powerful man, but yet very flexible. Uh, you know, I, I think that was what was very unique about him is, yes, he's massive. Yes, he's strong. Uh, but the ability to, to stay off the ground, really good balance and body control, play low to high, all great characteristics of offensive line play he had with being a really big man. And then, too, Coach, he offers that position versatility. I know there were games where, you know, a guard goes down mid-drive and he's got to step over to left guard or to right guard. He's started every single uh, position along the front over the course of his career. How important is that versatility, not just for a starter, but for a backup as well? Well, it's huge. You know, for Landon, you know, he's got a really high football IQ. I think he understands the game of football and why we're trying to do what we do. But again, that that position flex that he provides, and you know, we we played him all over on the offensive line. Uh, but there's also maturity about him. Uh, he didn't. There was no anxiety. There was no panic. It was like, okay, I'll I'll go play right guard now. That's fine. Or I'll play left guard now. That's okay. I mean, it was it was almost seamless when he did that. Uh, and I think a lot of that lends to his maturity. I think he, he's a very mature guy. He's He's been around a lot of high-level football. He's played a lot of high-level football, and the, the moment was really never too big for him. And, Coach, I've heard you speak at multiple clinics, and you talk about, you know, while it is a, a passing league, it's a passing game, just the importance of the run game. Uh, when you have a guy that can be that kind of enforcer uh, up front, and just, just the importance of the run game in general, uh, what does that mean for a team when they're trying to attack defenses in multiple ways? Well, I think at the end of the day, I mean, when a defense has to defend both the run and the pass and you can create that sense of balance, uh, you are harder to defend, right? And what are you going to do with that extra defender? Are you going to put him in the box? Um, are you going to play with a, with a too high shell and, and be willing to try to fit the run when, you, when the offense has a hat for a hat? Um, you know, but, but with that, you have to have the capability of winning one-on-one -on -one matchups. If they're going to load the box, you have to be able to win those one-on-ones um, and attack people down the field. So, you know, we took a lot of pride in that and our ability to run the football and be a downhill running football team and utilize the play action pass to, a, to allow our wideouts to not just run, you know, you know, 
short to intermediate routes. We wanted to try to attack the people down the field. And to do it, you had to get them to commit to the run so that we could play action pass and take our shots. And then the last question for you, just you, you mentioned the, the wide receivers having to win one-on-one. Uh, I feel like even still in, in today's game, we talk about, you know, an X receiver is this, it looks like this, a Z looks like this, a slot looks like this. Uh, with you guys, I mean, you lined up Devontae everywhere in the formation. You lined up all those guys everywhere. H- how important is it to have that level of, of positionless football at the receiver position? Well, I, I think it's big. You know, for us, we really don't teach by position. We teach by concept. Yeah. Uh, and from week to week, we try to put the best players in position to be successful based on the concept, based on the, the coverages that we might anticipate getting. And I think Devontae was a great example of that. I literally could have played him just about at any position. Outside of the fact that he can't throw, um, he knew the reads almost from the quarterback pers- per- perspective as good as Mac. I mean, he knew where the ball should go based on the coverage that we were getting. And um, he was obviously at a very high level. But when we can teach that way, uh, now we're not putting guys just, just you know, isolating them in one position that they can play at all spots on the field. And there were even clips, Coach, where I'd be watching him on film and you could see him, like, motioning to the tight end, like, hey, like, get up on the ball. Uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to get a, a flag thrown on us. Just having a full understanding of what everybody is supposed to do offensively. Without a doubt. His, uh, his football IQ is very, very high. I would say I've never talked to a player, a non-quarterback player, more uh, on the sidelines than I did with, with Devontae. I mean, he is uh, very aware, very attuned, um, can tell you exactly what he sees. He doesn't make things up. If he doesn't know, he'll tell you. Uh, but is very attuned to what the defense is trying to do and can communicate it really well. Well, Coach, this has been awesome. Great to catch up with you. Thanks so much for shedding some light on both Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson. Stay safe, stay healthy. Best of luck to you guys this spring and through the fall. All righty, thank you. Well, great stuff there from both Steve Sarkeesian and Skip Holtz. You can follow on Twitter just like I do. And while you're at it, I'm at EaglesXOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce here with Eagles Entertainment. And you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on social media. That is one way to support the show. But the best way is to go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, leave us a rating or leave us a comment. I wanted to give a shout-out today to someone who did exactly that. Salty Dog 75 left a five-star review saying, I'm not even an Eagles fan, but I listen to this podcast. Every time they have Greg Cosell on, amazing stuff. Well, Salty Dog, you're spot on. Greg always brings the heat every single time he comes on the show. Appreciate you listening. Thanks so much for the five-star review. And thank you to everybody out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the NovaCare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you later this week. Raise a glass to that comforting feeling of an Eagles touchdown with the all-new Broaden Patterson Wine Collection created in partnership with Wink. Featuring a Cabernet, a Rosé, and a Chardonnay, Broaden Patterson Wines are the perfect pairing for any occasion. Now you can bring this sweet taste of victory with you to a dinner with friends or to the tailgate with your game day crew. Purchase online today at philadelphiaeagles.com wine to stock up and have Broaden Patterson delivered right to your door. A portion of proceeds from every bottle benefit Eagles Autism Foundation.